Oh. So whose episode is this going to be? Yours. Yeah, it's yours. It's a multiple <laughs> three. <sighs> I know. I don't know how to count. Okay. Um, this is would we seven. like to go ahead and do our count off and clap? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Ready, Hans? I'm ready. All right. But you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Glad you could be here. Who are you? Glad you can make it. How are you doing today? Are you having I'm, a good week? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. I'm not talking. Shut up. I'm talking to the loyal listeners. Oh, or, no. Or <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Aaron. I hope you're having a good week, too. Uh, but go. hello, dear listener. I hope you're having a good week. I hope you're ready to hear about for maybe 40 minutes to an hour about the film Black Dawn, also known as Foreigner 2 Black Dawn, allegedly. <laughs> Uh, I am your intrepid host for this evening, uh, Zachary Weiberg. I'm Aaron, your co-host, who was desperately wishing for this to be much more of a foreigner too than it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Hans. I'm just here. Well, we're glad you're here. And we're glad you're here listening to us. Uh, um, yeah, so this week's movie is Black Dawn. Um, allegedly a sequel to the previous golf film, The Foreigner, which we have covered in a previous episode. Yeah, don't hold uh, it It's not actually that strange for a movie to have a sequel come out two years later. I think it is a bit strange when we had, what, five yeah. movies between these? Yeah. Yeah. Since we had The Foreigner and then Out for Kill, Belly of the Beast, Out of Reach, Into the Sun, Submerged. And today, die oh six movies actually between us. So we are back with Jonathan Cold, a character so compelling and memorable that we had to give him a second movie. And that's it. We're back with nobody else. We're back with none of the other plot beats. We're back with none of the other same settings or locations. We're back with none of the same. In- we are back with Jonathan Cold and pretty much a reset other than that. Yeah, he's. It's really not even. It's not even like not the same even- character. They just have the same no. name. No, no, he doesn't act the same way at all. He, I don't even think he has the same backstory. He is no. A different they change character. his. They ba- just... There's a retcon in his backstory in this. Ooh. in this oh. movie. Oh, retcon! What will the the lore, the canon? What will the the fans say? <laughs> I know they. Well, so imagine, dear listener, uh, the foreigner, but all the fun stuff taken out. <laughs> no, no and at one point, literally a flashback where they use like ten seconds of footage from the foreigner. Yeah, yeah, but it, it the didn't have only... the best character in it. No, no, we did not have Boudoir in there. The only connective tissue between those two movies is this 20-second flashback scene. But anyway, yep. let's talk and about what name. this movie brings to the table. Black Dawn brings very little to the table. This is not a Thanksgiving feast of a movie. Not a whole lot. Like, not even a title that makes sense. No, I cannot tell you what the Black Dawn is. Um, We find ourselves with the Chechens. Because when you want to make an action film and cannot commit to the Russian as the villain, we go with the Chechen. They would like to nuke California for reasons. <laughs> they do not explain why. They I really don't, don't believe they explain they other than they're just kind of They say usher upset. in a new economic paradigm, but no one can tell you why. 
actually they do explain it what the ex- the explanation comes during the intro the opening credits oh, when sorry. they say spare nobody or we will be slaves forever oh, no. and oh, they say yeah, that times. at least 40 times i didn't count i so, should have counted i i know you want to get i know you have to get on with the synopsis but that intro sequence oh it my god it's trying me. it's trying so hard to be the born identity during this intro sequence yes. and it's just the, the with the music with the tension but they're looking down a <laughs> scope of a sniper rifle yeah, which but by the way that it moves, you know, is like thirty feet from the target. <laughs> yeah. Just the parallax the, doesn't work. Like as they're as they're doing all of the intro, whatever the, the whole sequence is is also the uh, like opening credits, and yeah. there are so many credits. There's so many people working on this movie because it has like and, ten producers. <laughs> and just to, because they all get their own little like freeze frame or, or like little animation title yes. animation for their name screen which, fade by the way, to black looks like name it was done in windows movie maker like oh okay, yes so which i think with, was like, legitimately made in windows movie maker i'm not even kidding <laughs> so like, because they like do it with the credits here microsoft and then fonts. also anytime they use a font in this movie they do like a weird thing where they say like day one day two day three it it's doesn't like matter. aerial it doesn't black in. like it's it yep. is it is literally a red, slightly italicized, like Arial. I think it is like the default for Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> yep. No, that just like bad. just radicalized me while I was watching this. Yeah, um, but because they had a, they, because the sequence was so long, they had to make it, I guess, somewhat interesting. So they had dialogue, but they just repeated it over and no, over and over okay, again, like I'm thirty do, times. No, I'm gonna blow your mind right now. All right. The editor for this movie, Todd C. Ramsey was the editor for Star Trek The Motion Picture, The Thing, and Escape from New York. That's not right. That's what IMDb is telling me, that the editor for this movie was the editor on Star Trek The Motion Picture, The Thing, Escape from New York. (laughs) That, that's, I, IMDb is wrong. I refuse to believe that. (laughs) Those were his first three credits. And then it was just Ooh, all oh. downhill from oh, there. Oh, then it's been downhill. <laughs> all right, I'm I'm sorry. Anyway. This is my fault. We got to get Zach. Tell us what happens no, in this movie. No, okay, but just to reiterate, what happens in the very beginning? They're like constructing some. They're doing some weird, sketchy stuff. Constructing some kind of dirty bomb, and they say, "Spare no one, Julia," and she says, "Or we will be slaves forever," or like, "We'll forever be slaves." Something along those lines, like fifty times. John Cold. uh, Seagal Seagal is hired to break a guy out of prison by that guy's brother uh, I'm not going to know any of these names they're like the Donovans or something Donovan A hires him to break Donovan B out of prison Um, but really Donovan B is like the guy kind of in charge he's like an arms dealer because he says you can only make money from two things drugs and weapons and I don't like drugs so he sells weapons Uh, and Jonathan Cold appears to like stick around and team up with them because he did such a good breakout. You know, Donovan B is like, hey, brother, maybe you, you know, organize this, but he's really the guy that got me out. So, like, you know, he's with us. Um, and there's no reason for that. No. Like, th- there's no, you, if you stopped and said there's no reason for that every time there's no reason for something, <laughs> that would be the entire synopsis. <laughs> they are going to sell bomb parts to the chechens because they want to blow up los angeles they want to make uh las vegas beachfront property i don't know they have investments I, there and yeah. they 
they mention also something about like we'll pay you in diamonds we've been scouring the world for diamonds and they'll be the only thing of value in the new world so you'll be a rich man like they again like you said some kind of weird understanding of economics well the chechens also fully plan to all die yes they, they, kept, plan to they be say over and over they want to be martyrs yeah yeah they stand the the yeah they stand next to the bomb at the their end, plan like. is to set the bomb off and just be like and just give each other a thumbs up during the whole five minute countdown <laughs> yes and just blow up with it john cold's uh former students named amanda not in the last movie if you when you see this and you see like oh his former student you may think oh this is a character in the no not mentioned in the previous movie. This is a new character, but was apparently <laughs> allegedly his former student, and they have a weird relationship. Yeah, um, it gets worse as the movie goes on. It only gets worse. It only can <laughs> get worse, and it only does get worse. She's spying, just doing recon on the Donovans, like told not to engage, just taking photos. So you just end up hearing this like camera shutter click like four hundred times throughout the movie. Oh that my god, there was so movie. much camera shutter, the whole and time. it's all the exact same like clip art sound effects. They didn't yes. vary it at all, and it's just repeating it over and over and over Every single again. time, like a person gets out of a car or talks to another person, they're just doing this. Oh, so obnoxious! Um, this deal ends up going bad, and they, her and her partner, get caught, and her partner gets killed. Um, but Skull helps her get away. So now Skull and her team up, and she very correctly points out, like, you're the whole reason they have like these nuclear things. He, like, straight up just gives the nuclear material to, like, terrorists. Like, <laughs> she very correctly says, you're the reason they have what they want and are able to do what they want with what they want. Yeah. And he says, we don't have time to talk about that. <laughs> and then they proceed to do nothing for the for next, the like, 20 minutes. People. He what? just flip-flops. <laughs> he just straight up works for the bad guys and then teams up to work with, like, the good guys. And when she's like, what the heck, dude? He's like, I work so far above you, you don't even know. So he's, like, at... <laughs> The thing is, weirdly enough, I don't, we talk about Seagal movies trying to make commentary and stuff. I don't, like, he basically just is high enough in the CIA or FBI or something where they're just like, oh, we don't really have anything for you to do. Do you just want to, like, smuggle crack into, like, poor neighborhoods? <laughs> or do you just want to, like, sell plutonium to, like, Chechen terrorists? Like, he gets to the level of the CIA where they just, like, actually, do you want to do bad things? Like, <laughs> and somehow that helps They America? never explain how this mission could have possibly helped anyone. Nope. No. His plan was to just straight up do exactly what the bad guys want, and then when asked about it, be like, you don't understand. Yeah, you don't so, like, I was think I, I was theorizing through this movie, is it, like, that he needed to figure out who all was involved in this conspiracy? Except the two FBI agents who are watching him figure out the whole conspiracy through like google searches <laughs> like they figure out the scientist who is smuggling out the plutonium by just like googling the guy that none yep. of this operation needed to happen there is no reason for plutonium to ever have left that laboratory but anyway and then just he and amanda take out uh the guys selling the stuff to the chechens and take out the chechens there's like weirdly enough like a fight at like a mannequin warehouse that they leave and then kind of go back to and have like another fight in the same location, yeah. which was pretty funny. And I was actually very sad because a, an odd thing to me was that like having this like kind of fight in a mannequin warehouse is like creepy and kind of like interesting in terms of locations, like more interesting than like just being in a random street or something like you could do something kind of fun or interesting with a mannequin fight. Uh, they don't do that. They like choose not to. At one point, like, a guy shoots and it, like, accidentally, like, you know, blows a mannequin's head off instead of a person's head. I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You can do interesting things with the set. And then, like, that's it. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, of course, there's, like, the two main, you know, Chechens left. The one from that opening sequence with the, of course, you know, 
kill everyone or we'll be slaves. They plant the bomb. It's very weird. They want to plant it at a bank? Like... Like they, earlier on, they mentioned one. They, you, like you would think they want to put it near a power or a power. They plant do or say that they're like there are people yeah. after them trying to kill them. They they're just going to have to set it off here. Well, no, yeah, they well, go no. So the no. building that they go to, they own like a shell company that has an office on like a high floor in this building, but the elevator's out of order, so they just set it off on the ground. <laughs> yeah, they like choose the building specifically. They mentioned like I think I swear someone at the beginning said something like set it off near like a power plant or like. Well, that's how Segal knows where they're going is because he knows that the Chechens own a shell company in this office building. Right. So I don't know why they chose. It's like this a thirty-story office off. building, and they own an they're, office on the top floor or whatever. But like their plutonium bomb is briefcase sized. You could toss it in a random dumpster. Yeah. So they choose this building, but it is very funny because they take the time to break into this building where she like gets the security guard's attention and he finally lets her in and like then she like tells her lie it's very strange like she's in the building successfully and could just shoot him but she's like oh my dad has an office up there can you buzz him and the guard goes to buzz him in and then she like the guy's like what's his name and she goes bob and shoots him no 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 she shoots him and then says bob <laughs> oh thank you i don't know but like I she just lies to him after she already accomplished what she needed which was getting in the building and lies to she him again just... after he was dead right let's the other guy in they get and they see that the elevator doesn't work and then they just go okay we'll just set it off here then like right next to the elevator in the i mean lobby. it's a nuke there's really no difference right but it's just it's like a weirdly non-committal it's like something i would do it's like ah screw it just put it here i honestly it, it seemed to me like the the film location where they were going to shoot that day mm-hmm. and the elevator was out and they were oh, like they well were i guess we'll just say that we're doing it in the lobby that works <laughs> they didn't write that in that's just I how it was i honestly thought like they tried to get rent an office somewhere up in this building so they could do it like an actual office building like an empty office building for it but they couldn't mm-hmm. afford it like the, the, <laughs> the set like on the studio lot just didn't get built in time so they're yeah. like oh, i'll just use the lobby yeah uh it turns out that uh the amanda's like handler the guy in charge of her is oh he was working with them the whole time he was the mastermind i bet you didn't see that coming other than the fact that like immediately you knew that guy was going to turn out to be evil <laughs> so he takes out the chechens but then skull and amanda show up and take him out and they go okay well now we have this nuke here so Oh, actually, there is a button to turn the elevators back on at the guard desk, so then they get an elevator immediately. And dear audience, have you ever seen The Dark Knight Rises? Okay, yeah, <laughs> you stole my thunder. I this is my plot recap. <laughs> well, you missed. So they did. They turned the bomb on. Like the bomb was yeah, it's armed, ticking down, and it has it has a <laughs> counter no, I I of they, two they minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> well, and uh, and five minutes. Seagal walks into the room and says, "Step away from the device." He never calls it a bomb. And I had flashbacks well, to, tick. back to Ticker. Back to Ticker. <laughs> They're not called. <laughs> I had war flashbacks. Before Aaron stole my thunder, they had an active nuke in the building. And then, dear listener, the movie turns into Batman The Dark Knight Rises. That is what I was going to say. I understand this is not a novel observation. I understand every person watching this film today would have this observation, but it's my recap, so it is my observation. By God-given rights. I've never actually seen The Dark Knight Rises. What? Oh, you should watch The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it's just like It's like the third best of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. But spoiler alert, the ending is the same exact ending as this movie. Down to like the fancy restaurant they're eating at. Well, they take a nuclear bomb up a really slow elevator to the roof of a building. And then they attach it to the bottom of a helicopter and fly it out over the ocean. Well, to be fair, it's attached to the bottom of the bat of the the bat wing. (laughs) 
Yeah, whatever. But the, they have a nuke, so they fly it out and helicopter. drop it and come back and somehow survive despite like being within spitting distance of the mushroom cloud. <laughs> and then look, just like the Dark Knight Rises, they're just sitting in like a fancy restaurant so you know they're okay, except here... She's on the phone with the FBI or CIA or something, and she's like, oh, yes, you know, what we did was heroic. Oh, the president? I would love to meet him. Which, <laughs> f*** off movie. Oh, the president? Oh, I would be honored. No, it'll just be one ticket. And we just see Seagal, Jonathan Cold, walking off into the distance. Waddling off into the distance. Waddling off into the distance in a very weirdly ill-fitting outfit. Like His a really large trash suit coat. With baggy pants. And that's... Black Dawn. We theorized a long time ago that Hideo Kojima is like a no. secret Seagal fan. <laughs> no. Is Christopher Nolan the secret Seagal fan? And was just like really laughing to himself that he got a Seagal reference into the final Wait, movie when did the Dark his... Knight Rises come out? It came out after. Well it was after sign- way after Black Dawn. I will point out that like... <laughs> That is the maybe the most mocked part of that movie. That Dark Knight Rises overall is a pretty solid yeah, because... film, but like the fact that they fly a nuke out, that he flies the nuke out into the ocean and then like survives, is patently ridiculous. But it like, is even... like beat for beat. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You need to watch the Dark Knight Rises like this week because you will. It is eerie how similar that ending is. <laughs> I'll have to do that. It is a shot for shot remake. I think Christopher Nolan was playing a jokey joke he on us. Like he has to have seen this movie. Here's the thing that I don't understand. They were in. Oh, where wait, were they? Yeah, they were in Los Angeles, right? Uh, yeah. So they flew out. I'm guessing out into the Pacific Ocean to drop yeah. this bomb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They the timer on the bomb was set for two minutes and thirty seconds. They had to ride the elevator up to the top of this okay, building, no, 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 get in no, a no, helicopter. Hawks. What? The timer is inconsistent. Yeah, I know. At one point it shows two thirty. When they when it's first is set, when the guy yes. hits the button, it shows yes. two minutes and thirty seconds on the. But time then it switches five to five. It shows five minutes. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. And then it's down to like four minutes when they get to the helicopter, and then it's down to like thirty seconds when they drop it. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter. the The point is that's not nearly enough time. They're not going to get out. They're, they they can't even get out. No, of they drop Los it with Angeles. thirty seconds left. They can't even and get it's a out nuke. of Los Angeles itself with that like. They're not even going to be over water in the amount of time that was left on that timer after getting in a helicopter. And then he says to her, "How deep do you think that water is?" And she goes. I don't know, like a thousand feet <laughs> as they're just like barely <laughs> it's, like barely off the beach and they drop a nuke and it's like, oh man. It's oh. pretty it's pretty rough. Bad. Bad movie. Bad time. Bad idea. Bad, bad, bad writing. Bad everything. You know what? Actually not bad everything, because one of my notes in here is that I the one the one thing that I actually think was actually decent about this movie were all of the actors except seagal <laughs> actors and actresses they played their parts very well and they played their parts pretty convincingly seagal of course didn't it was a pretty stark contrast when he was talking to any of the other dialogue that was happening between any of the other characters but they weren't bad mm, they weren't great but yeah they weren't bad uh, okay but yeah uh, given where we are right now i it was it was just a very it was a stark contrast between yes. Seagal saying yes. like so listen here's this thing and you're gonna do that you hear and then one of the bad guys actually having like a real conversation with somebody else it was it was well and and so 
maybe something that played into that, like during the opening credits, like the first credit is for Sony Pictures. <laughs> I have that in my notes. Sony Pictures and then Steamroller Productions. That's his company. Yeah. And they have distributed, they've been involved in some way in the last few ones. They seem to have like, in the post Warner Brothers era, it's mostly been like Sony Pictures, but this is like the most prominently they've displayed themselves. And I would not think that this is the movie they'd say, yeah, let's put ourselves front and center on. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, oh, uh, you said, Hans, that the beginning of this movie looks a lot like uh, Born. Born Identity, yeah. Yeah, they Are steal, you going to say what I think you're going to say? They steal. Well, I'm not going to say it because I don't use our Lord's name in vain. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are going to say what I yeah. Yes. Uh, they, they say the it's the Born Identity line. Yeah, he, he goes... <laughs> the meme. It, they just do the meme. They, they, the, uh, meme. the agent, she's like looking through her camera with the obnoxious shutter noise going cra- like crazy. And she looks up in the camera and goes, Jesus Christ, that's Jonathan Cold. And it's the exact yes. same line that yes. the... I can't remember his name. says, Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. It's the exact yes. same line. They say the meme. It's. I think in general, you get a sense of this movie while watching it that it is trying to be born in a lot of ways, just because, you know, it was the early to mid 2000s. A lot of action movies are trying to be born. It's not even like, you know, unique and trying to steal that. No. Um, but when they literally said that line, I said, okay, this is crossing <laughs> some kind of a line. This is becoming outright plagiarism. Yeah. They just say the the most famous line from the Bourne movies. I would not be surprised if, like, for all three of us, our favorite quote this episode was, Jesus yeah. Christ, it's Jonathan Cole, just because <laughs> oh, I you just, point I and you go, up. the meme, the meme. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing, because beyond the intro sequence, and then you have, you know, he's the rogue agent, and they don't know what he's doing, or whatever, and it, oh my, it just well, all fit no, Actually, my favorite well. line uh, comes from the hacker guy who just, like, shows up at the end of the movie. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Easily yes. the best character. Go on. Easily the best character. He's not oh, he's the great. noir of this movie, but he's the closest thing we get. He's the most relatable human being, because he actually acts like a human being in this movie. Yeah. Like, Seagal just walks into his house. Apparently, Seagal has, like, a team of agents working under him. God, yeah. So, here's the major retcon <laughs> from the previous film. In The, La- in the Foreigner, The Foreigner 1, uh, the OG, um, Seagal does not work for the CIA anymore. He he's out. He explains this to to some other people that he is he was when he was in the CIA what's called a foreigner, which is a super undercover agent, like deep undercover. But he's since out, and he's he's just doing like mercenary work on the side. Um, in this movie, apparently. He's so deep undercover that even the director of the CIA doesn't know he's undercover. <laughs> and he's so deep undercover that every other CIA agent has a kill on sight order for him. <laughs> yes. But apparently he's still working for the CIA. Yes. So Because of course. Because of course. <laughs> and so you get like seven eighths of the movie through the through the through this movie. <laughs> and then suddenly he has a team of other CIA agents working for him. <laughs> like he just walks into this guy's house, like his hacker guy. Like there was a whole TV show that we didn't see about this relationship between Seagal and this hacker guy. And the hacker guy is like, he's the only truly relatable character. He acts like a human being would. Like Seagal just walks into his house and makes these totally unreasonable demands about information that he wants from this hacker guy. <laughs> and i think He's someone like, on the crew must have 
known something about computers and like early internet because Seagal will ask for something and he's like that what you're doing I could do it it would take months what do you want like I can't do that oh want, yeah I'll you just want the encrypted the... emails of the director of the CIA I can't do that he's really sarcastic about it too oh yeah I'll just bypass the most secure uh, <laughs> email security in the country and get yeah. that for you it'll only take a little bit yeah <laughs> Well, and Seagal doesn't just tells him to leave. It doesn't tell them the danger. This is my favorite line in the whole movie, and I can't say it. Uh, but he doesn't <laughs> explain to the hacker guy what the like danger is. He just tells him to get out of town. And that's how he's paying him for his services. Is telling him to uproot his life and leave. Um, and then uh, the hacker guy like looks back at his computer and like looks at all the information that Seagal asked him to get, and he comes to the realization of what's happening. Uh, and it's very funny. But anyway. I like to imagine, though, in that scenario that when he tells the guy, just like, oh, make sure you just like, you know, leave town and doesn't tell him anything else. Like, I just like to picture this guy leaving and then being like, like a month later, just like, so can I go, can I go back? Is that how long was this <laughs> happening to leave thing? Did they stop it? Can I go? Um, yeah. Although it's funny that you say that weird, like, like somebody must have had some computer knowledge on set because mm-hmm. earlier on in the movie, there was something that like a very, you know, kind of NCIS quality yeah. uh, computer understanding line that stuck out to me when he says something along the lines of, like, they're making him, like, a fake ID, and he says, like, make sure the numbers in that encryption are right. I don't want to be stuck at the door. And they go, yeah, it's an almost perfect match. And they just, like, Photoshop his face onto another ID card. And <laughs> yeah. that's their hacking. I do yeah. want to an almost perfect match would still not let you in. Yeah, those numbers are. He says, make sure the number is right. And they say it's almost perfect, but that really should have been like, it's almost perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. Yeah. And he he seems to accept that. Yep. So, both paradoxically, a scene where you think, okay, that's like fairly grounded. Yes, that is a ridiculous request. And also another scene that is just, okay, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Maybe actually one of my favorite quotes is right after he rescues the guy from prison and they're cruising down the road doing like 60 miles an hour. And he's like, oh, it's good to be out. Like, can't believe can't believe I'm glad to be stuck in L.A. traffic. <laughs> they're not. And they're driving on a highway going full highway speed. There is no traffic. <laughs> because it just shows the laziness of the movie. I do actually. I laughed when the guy says, dang, I can't believe I'm glad to be in L.A. traffic. And like Seagal, like cannot even acknowledge it because his eyes are on the road because he is driving at full speed with no traffic. <laughs> um, hmm. um, what? Silly. I mean, what else do we have to say about The Foreigner 2? Oh, Black Dawn. It's always darkest before dawn. I really wish it were The Foreigner 2. Like, I really wish this yeah. had anything to do okay. with The Foreigner. Top three favorite Seagal movies. I do have a quote. Oh, what's your quote? <laughs> The CIA, the, uh, oh, what's the, what's her name? I can't remember her name. The, like, main type Yeah, of Amanda something. Amanda, Amanda Stewart. Stewart. Her handler, who turns out to be the bad guy, obviously. Whoa. He tells her, when she tells him that uh, Jonathan Cole is still out there, he's not dead. They all thought he was dead. He says to her, be careful, dead or alive, Jonathan Cole is a dangerous man. And it's like... <laughs> Dead or alive, he's a Even dangerous dead, man. Still dangerous, right? Like they didn't think that through. <laughs> I think there's a lot they didn't think through. Aaron, yes. to your points, do you want to know some fun behind the scenes information I would about love this movie? To know some fun behind the scenes information on this movie. Apparently, 
according to the IMDb trivia section. Which we know is dubious. Super but... trustworthy. Well, this one does actually have this. This has a, a little more credibility to it. I did a little okay. more research outside of that to like make sure that this seems to line up with reality. The film is apparently infamous for Seagal's almost complete lack of involvement in any of the fight scenes. Oh. I guess they um they just paid him up front they said we don't want you to like you know crap out halfway through this movie so we're gonna just like pay you up front for it like just so you'll actually participate in this movie that we've written mm-hmm. um and then he left 18 days into the 30-day shoot so he just crapped out like halfway what? through what? <laughs> so they paid him up front fee then they wrote the scripts but then after they wrote that script seagal said i want to play the same character i played in the foreigner it was his idea <laughs> to bring back jonathan cold so then they had to pretty much completely rewrite the movie because this had nothing to do with Jonathan Calder, the foreigner. Yeah. Um, perhaps this, you know, can canonical inconsistency you have noted came from that. He refused to film any fight scenes. He was argumentative and uncommunicative on sets. And so they just had to use doubles for a lot of the fight scenes. I guess <laughs> they had uh, Tamara Davies, who was playing Amanda, film some like fight scenes to like help fill time. But then they ended up cutting them because... That's like, oh, this is now basically like her, like she's doing more of the action in this movie yeah. than Scott is. It's like very clear, like <laughs> it's like more noticeable that he's missing for fight scenes when she had more fight scenes. So Which, they removed them. Can I them. just say, if she were the main character of this movie and he were like a background character who just happened to be it, Jonathan Cold from that last movie, it would oh, make a whole lot more sense. So much better. Oh, yeah. Like this is her story. She is yeah. tracking these people. He just kind of gets hired to get one of them out of prison and then teams up no with them why. and then teams we up don't against know what them. He's doing. He's, it's, this is it's her story same, it's the same thing as so many of these movies where his character is just sort of incidentally there right just doing if he wasn't if, there the same movie could just happen if anything it would have gone better <laughs> he oh, wasn't yes. there this is at least the fifth time we said that though for one of these movies but like this could just be the movie of her trying to figure out what seagal is doing and it's actually from her perspective and seagal's just like playing jonathan cold he could still play that character could still do pretty much everything he does but just tell, tell the story from her perspective and it's just a much better movie Yep. Yep. Um, and then the uh, director has said that the experience was bad enough that he swore off directing future films. <laughs> oh my God! Really? And sure enough, he has only directed apparently one TV film and a few shorts since this. He has not. Wow. Direct- the director of this movie has not directed another future film after this because the experience was that. I bad. come back to my question that I ask every couple episodes: Why is anyone hiring Seagal in this? <laughs> well, and even in this one, that they're like, "Okay, dude, can we just give you the money up front and you not be a." and then he shows up and then he is a dick, and then he just leaves and the production company is like eh can't do anything gotta it's Seagal you gotta use body doubles and bad CGI to do the rest does he when, have and you have no budget left good does, luck does he have a blackmail on everyone or he has to I, because I, they're I like well think he it's a money over thing. absolutely everyone so have fun I think the general message uh, of all these episodes so far is hey Steven could you do a little bit better? Hey, Steven, <laughs> or, could you do a little bit Or less? could you just stop? Could you just not? Hey, everybody who is being blackmailed by Steven, like, it's not worth it. I don't know what. <laughs> Black Dawn, more like you. blackmail, because that's the only way this movie got produced. <laughs> only way. I don't understand. It's not worth it. The previous 20 movies have been. Hey. Pretty much most of them have been disasters. So, like, how, how are you even. How is he even here? Hey, like Warner Brothers or Sony Picture Home Entertainment or like, you know, Steamroller Productions or like Andrew Stevens Productions, or whatever. Hey, hey, film producer. So like you cheated on your wife and Seagal got a picture of you. 
So, like, you were selling crack to school kids, and, like, Seagal knows about this somehow. <laughs> just just let him tell the world. Then we don't have to have any more of these movies. <laughs> just air, air the dirty laundry, and you're free, we're free, everyone's free, we're all better off. Be a hero. You know, we won't even judge you. Share your search history with the world. Um, we'll thank you for it, because then he'll have nothing to hold over you, and we won't have any more of these movies. You'll be free. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, 8 Mile. Like, just say the bad stuff about you before he can, and then he has no power over you. There's a lot of there's a lot of freedom in confession. Yeah. Or just go, yeah, go to confession. <laughs> Coming um, from the Catholic priest. Yeah. Go to right. confession, and then that priest you confess to gets kidnapped, and they feed him truth serum, and then they get that information out of him, and then you, you don't have... You don't have to finance any more Seagal movies. You're free. You're welcome. And yeah, like, you know, we know about your coke habit, but like you're a movie executive. Of course you have a coke habit. There's no, no shame in that. I mean, there's everyone shame in the game, knew that already. Yeah. Everyone already knew that. Don't let this man blackmail you anymore. Kick him to the curb. That's where he belongs. Oh my God. Do that for me. I mean, your at this friend, point, you're a movie producer. There's nothing bad that you could have done that another movie producer right. isn't famous for having done. Right. You can be, you know, Harvey Weinstein part two. Just share it with the world. What's worse is going to happen? No one will even know. You have to make another Seagal movie? You're already doing that. <laughs> Can't be anything worse than that. I honestly think it's a money laundering thing. I, I He's got to ties be. to the mob or something. And it, someone in power wants him to keep making movies so they can keep funneling cash through Steamroller Productions. Right. It's the only thing that makes sense. There's like an actual Chechen mafia that... Because it's just like every single director, actor, stunt person, crew member hates him. And they're like, yeah, sorry, what are you going to do? All right, we got to side with him again on this, you know? Seems like uh, he's in the right. What? What? <laughs> Why? Or just movie studio executives are very, 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 very dumb, which cannot possibly be the case. As we've seen, they only handle things in the most intelligent but don't and you know that manner. Seagal made money on three movies in the 80s? He's got to be bankable. Yeah. <laughs> it's the year 2005. Steven Seagal is it. He will get this movie made. He has only dragged down the last... <laughs> 17 of his 20 movies haven't you heard of the 20 year cycle this is the one this is the one where he'll oh give it God. again it's just that the last 15 just movies have been total flops <laughs> the last 15 movies have been total flops which we can trace directly back to him being a dick on set and not cooperating but this time this time he'll pull it off uh, 20th yikes. time's the charm can you look at the poster for this real quick yes yeah so the poster is Seagal and um, Tamara Davies standing like back to back holding guns out in the same direction with an explosion in the background, right? So her hand and her gun, I think it's the same gun, but it's it's like cropped in such a way that her hand and the gun are a lot smaller than his. The poster I'm looking at does not have Tamara Davies on it at all. There's those two really posters. are you, yeah aaron are you looking at the one where it's seagal in front of like the nuke going off and there's like a dude doing like a ninja kick like on another dude which never happens in the movie but yeah yes <laughs> i this one i cannot verify as much so i will not 100 percent say that this is a true fact apparently 
it is alleged that there is an interview with Seagal where he would not and where he said he did not participate in the photo shoots for the cover and the production company insisted that there had to be a picture of two people doing flying kicks on the front cover despite it never happening in the movie I don't know if that's true <laughs> we've seen ridiculous IMDb facts before but there I mean to be fair something that can't be disputed is on this cover there is like two dudes doing like flying kick like a dude doing a flying kick at another dude and that doesn't happen in the movie no I guess just like you know whose idea that was I won't firmly state. I like to think that that's actually the silhouette of Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> it could be. It kind of looks like him. Like early Van Damme. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know which one of these posters is better because they're both very bad. They're I just can't get yellow. over that they they like very intentionally yellow. cropped her hand and her gun to be a lot smaller than his. But also, I'm just having trouble understanding like the geometry of it because from some angles, it looks like they're back to back. But from some angles, it looks like she's like her it's like her yeah. front is like to his back like it's a weird like mc usher's illusion actually that's actually a really good point because if you look at how she's holding the gun yes it's she's not if they were back to back he's holding it with his right hand and she's holding it if they were back to back she'd be holding it with her left hand but she's not holding it with her left hand because her trigger finger is yeah. not you can't see it so she's holding it with her right hand so they did you can see the front of her pants so she's is standing like front to back behind him can, like, but they moved the her arm of yeah gun. yeah and yeah they like background it's just bad it's a bad poster it's like that grand theft auto cover where the girl has like the extra finger or something it's something like that where you're just like what they were doing like a photoshop on like the bottom half of this and then the top half of this and the photoshops like didn't match up and they just kind of made it work <laughs> <laughs> It's just bad. It's very it's bad. It's pretty rough. It's comically bad. So we're, we've gotten to the point of poster critiques. So that's when you can tell the episode's kind of winding down a bit. We really didn't have I, a lot to say about this one or the yeah, last one. Yeah, the last episode was really short. This episode's feeling like it's going to be really short. I am afraid. Well, so the last like 15 episodes have been monstrously long. And so maybe this is a good trend uh, that these are going to be more bite-sized going forward. But I kind of want something to talk about. Well, we, we're going to, what's going to happen, the next, like, five episodes will be, like, 20-minute, like, chunks almost, like, nice little bite-sized commute ones, and then we're going to hit a movie where we just have, like, a seven-hour episode. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as we happen. hit the goatee era, I think we're going to have a lot to say, because oh. that's when he starts, like, slurring his words because he can't talk right anymore. Oh. And that's not, that's that sounds mean. That's not, like, any kind of, like, mental breakdown on this man. It's that he's just that lazy. It's just that he's been speaking like this for so long that he just like it, he forces himself to like vocally deteriorates yeah so this movie was made in windows in the 2005 version of windows movie maker confirmed <laughs> like the one um, i was using as a child to make like lego movies <laughs> confirmed oh, i made stop motion lego movies when i was in middle school and i guarantee they were better than black dawn <laughs> Oh yeah, I I saw really you look over last... at your screen to see what the name of the movie was. <laughs> I saw Gen your Fox head Batman. move. It was great. <laughs> I really thought, oh, what was the one that we couldn't remember the name of? Which I understand is a very funny question to ask. What was the name of the movie that we couldn't remember the name of? Today you die. No, no. What happened today? in it? Yeah. Um, Jog my I'm memory. Just looking. What was the name no. of of uh, oh, Out for a Kill, was character? It? Out for a kill? Oh, you think... No, Out of Reach. I think Out of Reach, we just couldn't remember. Like, we literally started recording and forgot the name of it, like, three times. <laughs> um, Blacked on. Blacked on. <laughs> I really thought 
the last movie, the movie that we watched last week, had like a very forgettable, like we didn't talk about it for a week and we came back to it. I couldn't remember it at all. I thought that was the most forgettable one. But then like as soon as, you know, you read the synopsis, it like kickstarted my memory and I could kind of remember things. Oh, yeah, there was a prison break. Oh, yeah, there was like weird mysticism. Like that still had some kind of hallmarks to latch onto. This one does not. I think from this one, I will just remember it is a connection to the it is a sequel to The Foreigner with no connections and then remember nothing else about the plot. This was. And computer guy. Just, you know, like when you like to compare it to food, I'm not even saying that this is a movie that you eat and it's like bland, like plain oatmeal. You, you eat this. It's, you don't even taste bland as you just taste nothing. This is just like, this movie is just the absence of movie. I, it's the Nutri-Grain like fruit granola bar thing. Without the fruit. I'll just, I'll eat one of those. And just immediately forget that I ate it. The flavor vanishes from my mouth immediately. It only has flavor while I'm eating it. Like, you know the sensation of, like, walking into a room and then, like, forgetting what you're supposed to do and just going, like, huh. It's the liminal space of movies. That's this movie, yeah. It's like the room reset, like, just... Yeah, pretty much like like you said, if you just like eat something or if you're like you take a sip from your water bottle, then you set it down, you take a sip from your coffee and you set that coffee down. And then like you like 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, now I have room temperature coffee. (laughs) Like that's this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Black Dawn. Any other? Oh, what uh, would we watch? What would we have people watch instead of Black Dawn? The Foreigner. The Foreigner. Very easy choice. You, You should watch black dawn the prequel the foreigner. <laughs> black dawn zero the foreigner i so i we just based on the timing of when we record these and when they come out uh i just listened to our episode of the foreigner yeah, today i listened to it and it's first of all very funny <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> but, wow. but i'm sorry of all, i had a, you made it this far i made it to these very unfunny episodes <laughs> yeah i had a really bad time apparently watching the foreigner yeah and you thinking did. Thinking I edited back that on it, I I cut out some of your criticisms. <laughs> Damn, thinking, silenced. Thinking back in the on it, of ideas. I don't. I like this is why I think I need more time to to sort of ruminate on these a little bit because thinking back on it, it was much funnier than I realized it was at the time. No, this was a consistent. It hasn't been as much lately. This was a consistent thing for the while, and like yeah. you know, episodes like you know ten through seventeen or whatever that like. If Aaron and Zach were having a good time, if we were having a fun time, Hans was being a hater. Yeah. Hans was committed to hating. Well, that's because I was, was just coming hater, off of really hater. good action movies, and then we had to yeah, sit down that. on Wednesday before we recorded, because I wasn't going to do it early, and watch a terrible movie. We almost need to watch these in like reverse order, because if you watched Black Dawn and then watched The Foreigner, you would just know exactly how much worse it could be. That's very <laughs> Now you're retroactively like, oh, that yeah. actually wasn't that bad. It's very true. Did we talk about favorite quotes? Yeah. Yeah. We already did that. What was Oh, it was Jesus Christ. Dang, I can't even <laughs> this, this even movie is so forgettable. I'm not even I'm not even so like forgetting the movie. I'm like forgetting conversations I had about this movie. It's like the men in black like memory wipe <laughs> device. Or like it, it's paralyzed. It's uh to make a more obscure reference, spoiler alerts for the adventure zone balance arc. It's like the void fish. 
Yeah. Like, not only do I forget about this movie, I forget about every conversation I ever had about this movie and anything, like, tangentially. <laughs> like, my brain will kind of remember today, but, like, blind spot fill in the hour and a half where I watch this. It won't let me, like, recall Or if you're a different hours. kind of nerd, it's like the Doctor Who silence. Mm, that's a better reference. Yeah. Yeah. You see them, look at them, and go, that's kind of interesting. And the instant you look away, it's completely gone from your brain. That's perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what this is, yes. An empty suit. Boy, I wish there was just anything my brain could latch onto with this movie, but there was nothing. All right, how do we... How do we close this? We already closed it. You have to go back and find that part and then Uh, put it here. Which which part? I don't remember. We said it. You'll you'll find it. I don't don't remember what it was. That means one of us has to die. This has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that actually surprises me. Does it? That it's that high. I will point out, though, that it has a 22% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. There's only two reviews from critics, and they're both negative. So it's not enough reviews where it gives you, like, the critics score. But if it was, it would be a 0%. Oh, can we have ourselves accredited as real critics? We are How published critics. How do I become only a critic <laughs> on We are published. Hey, uh, we're going to start a listener campaign to get us accredited to review movies. Yeah, on <laughs> get us let's on Rotten drop, Tomatoes. Let's f***ing tank the critic review scores of every Steven Seagal movie on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the goal. That's the mission. So we're we're. I know we have we're we're only twenty percent through all of the. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah, sorry. Forty percent through this. Which sounds like two fifths. <laughs> it does but um we are gonna have to come up with a solid a solid idea at some point for season two to keep this rolling yeah no there will breaking news breaking news breaking news with your host zach there will be a season two of the show don't you worry don't um, <laughs> worry dear listener and we will be on rotten tomatoes as verified critics don't you worry <laughs> i really hope so can you imagine I my goal imagine. to get on Rotten Tomatoes would very specific. It's it's not even to like have reviews for Skull movies. It's very specifically to have a Skull movie that does not yet have a displayed critic score. Critic score because it doesn't have enough review and ours is enough to like make it appear. <laughs> Tip it over the that scale. We push one of them. There has to be at least one where one more review pushes it over. They the have edge like five reviews. Yeah, and you need six or something. Yeah, that's my hope.